can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's up, people? It's Adam here. Welcome to the Bottlejip Podcast, episode 88, with my man, Glenn, Empower Money. Now, this tasty episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game. You can book one-on-one Skype coaching, inquire for ongoing packages within, and if you're interested in that deep dive immersive boot camp, yeah, let me know, serious inquiries only. Now, in this conversation with Glenn, we dive to a level of depth that is ocean deep. It's something that I've yet to see in many of my other conversations in which that absolute rawness, absolute vulnerability was shared between both of us. You know, Glenn's a man who's all about empowering you to step into your most congruent and authentic self, and it really just shone through. And we dive into so much to do with near-death experiences. We dive into uh, this feminine beauty he met while traveling around the world and his journey of dealing with masks, validation, how he's handling that polarity, everything and any. It's just, there's so much. So... I'm not going to say any more than this other than that there was a first in the moment a first moment for me in which that i actually shed a couple of tears which i've never done in three years of doing this podcast and it was all thanks to glenn and him allowing me that space which i am forever grateful for so go ahead and dive in i'll catch you guys at the end before we jump in do you want to do i just set like a little intention for the potter would you be keen for that yeah. just to ground in okay so i can uh my intention is to be in my joy, my playful energy, and to share from a real authentic place and to you know, really connect with you and your audience. That's good. Yeah. Without intention, I'm just going to be receiving force and allow it to play. Mm-hmm. Got to let that play. That's it. That's what we do. Come play. Yeah, yeah. All right. Gee, good buddy. Welcome to the photo. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I did have... Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan hit me up for a podcast, but I thought, oh. you know, I'm going to choose this one, support local business and uh, for the get stuck into it. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good to have you here. And I'm not sure if we've just played, because it was before we even synced, Glenn just hit me with uh, some some real shit in terms of setting an intention for this potter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really just speaks to who you are. And this is your first time on the potter. So before mm-hmm. we dive into anything, yeah. I want you to give uh, people just an idea of whatever you feel is important for them to know about you yep. and just give people a window into who uh, Glenn is and then we'll we'll dive in after that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that beautiful intro, Adam. Um, so my name is Glenn. I'm from Adelaide. And, oh, don't uh, worry about them. They just fly on the walls. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm from Adelaide and I guess, you know, you've been following my journey for a while hmm. and for the last five years, I've been in a bit of a transition from being who I thought everyone wanted wanted me to be, to get approval, to get validation, to really stepping into my authenticity, into who I really am. So that has um, manifested in a number of different ways, but I guess the work that I feel is important that I'm really up to today is being a lead coach in a program called Man Cave and helping um, evolve the consciousness of men across the planet. Because, you know, honestly, we've been fucking up a lot of shit for a while. Mm. Uh, am I allowed to swear on the potter? Oh, you are absolutely <laughs> yeah. allowed to swear on the potter. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's uh, important for us to grow and evolve as our women step into their divine feminine. So that's a little bit about me, and I'm sure we'll get stuck into more of that as the potter continues to roll that was through. Clean. Yeah. That was clean. Yeah, so like Glenn mentioned that we've known each other for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this this morning as I was going on that power walk. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how... This is only for the context of people listening and watching at home. 
we've only really spent probably two hours together maximum. He, and I met yeah. you like probably getting on two years ago mm-hmm. now, probably somewhere around there. Right? I think I reached out to you on Insta. I was living in Vancouver at the time. Hell yeah. And um, a lo- it was a period in my life where I was going through a lot of solitude living by myself for four months. Mm. And um, I came across your videos on YouTube and it was, it was pickup videos. Yeah. And, but I really liked your authenticity and um, your, uh, the way you, it was deeper than just like trying to get girls. Like you had a lot of philosophy around it and I just sent you a message on Insta and then I realized that you were from Adelaide. I'm like, man, this is, this guy's from my hometown and he's really doing it and he's serving in such a way that, um, it wasn't about you. It's about like the people that you can help. And that, that message really came across from me to you, which is why Mm. I was so drawn to you. And I think why, if you're following Adam is probably why you follow him. It's because he embodies something within himself that you really admire. Wow. I really appreciate that, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I really appreciate that because that's what I've always been driving towards. But where yeah. I was going with that was that we've known each other for quite, for quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. what you could consider a bit of time. But even though we spent such little time together in person, I feel like, and I want to paint back to this, that mm-hmm. metadic session. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Is, yeah, so he sent me this uh, message on the ground. We had, sl- you know, DMs have been slid, and then we, <laughs> and then we, uh, and then we hit up each other for a botanic session mm-hmm. uh, where we got a we got a tea, we got a coffee, we met, went down to the botanics, and shit just got deep. I remember right mm-hmm. from the beginning, and I felt like you were a fountain just exploding. Like I'm not sure at that point if you had had a lot of other people you were. Mm you were sharing a lot with, or if this was just a coming yeah. out, like maybe you were, but this is a lot of different angles. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there with you going, or at least feeling that, oh, there's so much coming out from you right mm-hmm. now. There's so much that needs to be shared. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. Now, that was it because I've, and we hadn't seen each other. It's not like we hadn't been in the same city, mm-hmm. but it's almost like that was enough for us at that time. Mm. And now we're here again. Yeah. And I feel like now it's like there is so much to dive into. Yeah. There is so much absolutely that I want to see where your mind's at. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know that you know you're talking about before that you just want to bring as much value to people listening, and of course that's what this pod is all about. Mm-hmm. And so, if you think back to then, mm. think back to that time of where you were in life yeah. and where you are now, what do you reckon? What's been the evolution? What's yeah. been the growth for you? I think yeah, going back to that time and. I wasn't having as many deep conversations with people. And I think you were really the space to um, share some of the things that I was learning and experiencing. So, you know, I think coming back to, I think that was 18 months ago, Mm. there's a deeper level of embodiment from me um, from that time where it's like, you know, you can know a bunch of stuff intellectually and you can talk about it, but can you actually embody it and live it and be Mm. the walking ambassador of these teachings and stuff that we're we're learning so yeah mm. that's a uh, that's something that i've felt through your journey at least i remember with watching your video of mick mm-hmm. uh on his project when he did those video series and a lot of that or at least the embodiment i was getting from you was that you were you felt like you would always and you even mentioned in the intro about validation mm-hmm. about the struggle that you've gone through and because yeah. I've got to sit here, right here, be 100% honest with you, yeah. you are possibly one of the most aesthetic people I know. Thank you. Right? I, I received that. 
<laughs> say that in the least homosexual way yeah. possible. Not there's anything wrong with that, no. but uh, you know, like you're a mm-hmm. you're straight up stud, mm-hmm. and growing up through it's amazing that you even we're even here having this discussion because mm-hmm. you know, I've spoken about this in my Potter before that you know naturals what I refer to as naturals on the social scale of zero to ten, ten being absolutely natural, zero being an absolute hard case, no yeah. social skills whatsoever. Right, you're you're definitely in that higher up, higher up echelon, and I know a lot of guys like this, and I've had a lot of people on the pod who are like this, and the way that they view the world is very different to the absolute hard case, who, you know, quite frankly, got given mm-hmm. a shit hand in life in regards to their way to communicate. And yeah, stuff like in that, terms yeah. of just just what he was dealt with in life. But you're very interesting because even yeah. with that, I still had this distorted view of how I was, which we all we all have a distorted perspective on on how we are but yeah it's that's that's the journey it's not i think it's a matter of like revealing and peeling back the layers and all the like untrue beliefs that we have about ourselves so we can really own who we are and claim who we are Mm. what was untrue for you in the beginning like when you think about your journey right from the get and to even step into the journey of Mm self-development because there's not that many guys that i know like you that are in the journey and when I say journey, journey of life, but definitely journey of conscious self-involvement, mm-hmm. it's still a very much a burgeoning space. So take us right back to yeah. where that began. Well, I think it's like, it's really interesting to be a man in today's world. And mm. growing up, the, we have all these images of what it means to be a successful man, whether it's to be ripped, whether it's to earn a lot of money, whether it's to be in this high paying job. And I had all these, all these boxes that I wanted to tick that when I got there, I would start to feel like I was enough. And you know, it really started through the gym. I'm like, you know, there, there are these guys that I look up to because, um, you know, the buff guys get the girls. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go on that journey and I'm going to become that. Mm. And I'm going to embody that and then I'm going to feel enough. And then, you know, you get to that mountain peak and you realize that you never really land. And as soon as you get to that mountain, that top of the mountain, there's going to be a new mountain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, just, it's for me, it's really been a matter of... Um, just realizing that where I am right now is enough. And that's not to say that it's not wrong to have desires and aspirations to continue to grow and evolve, but just realizing like I'm already complete and there's more on the other side of that and I can become more and I can give more and serve more. And how did you come to that? How did that understanding manifest, generate, what was it's the when you when you start to like live your version of a dream, like for me, dream body, living it, and then realizing that you know I'm not content. So there's something deeper to this, and realizing that going after that was it's essentially been programmed into me um, to want that for myself and to really question why it is that I want what I want. Mm. Yeah, mm, understanding why yep. is so important. Mm-hmm. Something that I do with my clients on the day to day. Because you mentioned how when you came to my content, yeah, was like, well, the face of it was going up and meeting girls. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of deeper shit to yeah. this. That's it. Because I was a new, new guy in Vancouver. And not to say I've been horrible with women, but I was like, you know, I could really use some wisdom and knowledge in this area being new to the city. Mm-hmm. So I clicked on your content. And um, yeah, it, it wasn't like that got me in. And then it was the deeper stuff that you talk about that really... Um, resonated and had me drawn to you Mm. yeah Mm. and that's that's the interesting thing about it when we talk about the why 
and you talk about here understanding why you want what you want mm-hmm. because when I get guys coming to me you know one-on-one and I deal with them one-on-ones it often starts with that it often starts with yeah I just want to get laid mm-hmm. or it starts with uh, I want a long-term relationship or I want to find that that girl I want to marry mm-hmm. and sometimes for some people it'll I'm sure I'd love to hear your perspective on this have you started asking other people whether it be close friends and family or just people who are coming in through the world of mm-hmm. uh, the world of ten thousand things, where just people just keep coming yeah. in and out. Have you been finding that you've been asking people why a lot more? Mm-hmm. And For how sure. do people respond to that? Well, they're I don't know. It kind of stumps them. Like mm. they just yes. You want them to go deeper. It's something that I do with my clients in Man Cave. Is like we'll keep peeling back the layers and going deeper. It's like so. Why do you want that? Why do you? And ultimately, it comes back to this feeling like they're not good enough as they are, mm. and it's like you know it's it's okay to be in that place and um to want more for yourself but yeah it's i think not a lot of people are thinking that deeply um Mm. because not a lot of people have the luxury to actually sit meditate and ponder on these things they've got they've got bills to pay and they've got this to do and that to do so you know i think for me really tapping in and being still and just listening is what sort of opened the door for those sort of um conversations within myself to have like why do i want this mm. why do i want to be this way and this have this image mm. why do i want to travel the world what like you know just going deeper on everything mm. and questioning it and you just mentioned there great segue travel the world mm-hmm. yeah i've mentioned your name several times in the last few photos yeah with different guests on when ben was on a couple of weeks ago uh whenever i talk about people that i know that are most, most well traveled mm-hmm. your name always comes up appreciate that and this is pre the massive leg you just went on. Uh-huh. I want to dive into that. This is pre that. I know you've done tons of travel before that through Vancouver, through Brazil. Mm-hmm. So, and there's so much there. But let's, let's go on this recent leg because there's two things of this that I want to crack into. <laughs> okay. Of course, there's, there's the shit that I saw in Hawaii uh-huh. where you almost died because yeah. you had this goddamn volcano slash mountain and this yeah. gale force with that. Uh-huh. But then also a connection with the feminine energy yeah that i'm just gonna leave at that i yeah. want you to dive into whatever that for means sure. to you okay no for sure and i think i'll start off this with travel so yeah you know i think you can learn so much about yourself when you're outside of the normal container that is your home city so when you go out traveling you're getting different reflections of who you are so i think a lot of the time when you're in your home city people have this perception of you and you always you, you tend to like play into that perception of who you think you are and then you go traveling and you meet all these different people and they're responding to you differently and it's just different so you know back to the last trip I went on I did nearly die twice I one we decided to do this thing called the stairway to heaven in mm-hmm. Hawaii um, if you haven't seen that I recommend looking that up it's incredible but we're doing it the legal way, which is going the back way up this mountain ridge. And on that journey, the weather just turned on us and we were about 75% of the way. And it was almost like a hurricane at the top. And the, the pathway is like so narrow. And it was the first time in my life where I actually feared that I might not make it. Like we couldn't go back down because it was too steep, too wet. And we were literally clutching to the side of the mountain, hoping not to fall off because the pathway was too slippery at that point. Mm. But we did make it to the top. And, and this is vertical shit as this well. This is vertical. Yeah. This yeah. Is... Near vertical. Um, 
And then, I, you know, I didn't really share this on social media, partly due to a bit of shame. But four days later, I nearly died again. And this was super serious. I was cliff jumping in the big island. And as I cliff jumped, um, a swell came in. And I'm not the strongest swimmer. Okay, I, I can't really swim. But I, I was always confident that Same. I could doggy paddle to the edge. Same, yeah. Couldn't do it. And I was like clutching at the straws for about 10 minutes. Um, my friend is a lifeguard and he, he was talking me through it. He didn't jump in straight away because apparently if someone's like struggling, you jump in, they're going to pull you straight down. Right, so he was right. just trying to get me to be calm. Ended up like going down a couple of times and thinking this is it, coming back up. And then luckily the second time I surrendered and went down, I got pushed into the rocks, into this cave. And, uh, you know, I think those two experiences where I nearly essentially lost my life made me really um really question why it is that I do what I do even more because when you when it's all over it's like how did I live my life like did I do the thing did I fully express who I wanted to express that's fascinating that's fascinating on so many levels Mm -hmm. where do I even begin with that hold on how do you want to unpack that let me take a (laughs) breath with that because you said that you felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. You said that you felt shame in not, and you didn't share that sec because yeah, I didn't yeah. hear about that. No, you didn't. Um, it's because the shame comes from you know I've nearly died four days prior, and here I am jumping off cliffs, risking my life again. Essentially, when those that know me know that I'm not a strong swimmer, and it's like, why would I put myself through, put myself in a situation that could potentially end badly? So a part of it was shame. A part of it wasn't wanting to worry my close friends and family back home. Is that where the shame is rooted? Yeah. Like right. I didn't want to cause a negative emotion for them. Um, so I just, mm. like I processed it, dealt with it, allowed myself to experience all the feelings that come up with nearly losing your life. And and I did that mainly silently with a few friends that I would confide in. Right. And my mind now goes to why did you do the cliff jumping then? Did you figure that out? Yeah. Because in post, you explained that real clear, which is great. Mm Because it seems that you've had time to... Yeah, I was around... Like, I didn't fully think it through. Um, And I just thought it would, like... I'm in Hawaii. Like, I get to do this cliff jump. And the theme for the day was everyone facing their fears. I was with a crew... Um, the art of choosing love crew and they were getting some content and a part of that was jumping off a cliff and I was like if they're all doing it there's no way I'm not going to do it Mm. so you know I I did it I was the last one to go and um, that's that's pretty much why yeah I'm just I'm picturing it I'm trying to I'm visualizing it how how uh how tall do you think the jump is um it was maybe 35 feet okay Um, reasonable jump yeah it's pretty reasonable and there, there is a photo of it. So, you know, okay. uh, even though I nearly lost my life, there's a cool, there's a cool, there's a cool snap okay. from it. Yeah. Um, where can people hit you up on the gram? Yep. At Glyn Cash Money. Glyn Cash Money. That's it. Yeah, your last name's actually money. <laughs> it's right? actually money. A lot of people were like, oh, that's just that's some bullshit. <laughs> it's like, no, that's actually my last name. But I saw that. That's, that's yep. gold. Yeah. So anyways, it's all linked up in the show notes, guys, in mm-hmm. YouTube description. And I highly recommend you get around that gram as well. Mm-hmm. Clean. 
Thank you. <laughs> Got you. Uh, I'm visualizing this cliff, this cliff face. And I was, as you were describing it, I'm putting myself in that position. Mm. I'm a weak as shit swimmer. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm Asian, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm not designed to swim. I'm no. designed to sink. You and me both, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the psychological decision making in that moment. Yeah. Because you've got this group pressure where everyone's here because we're all facing our fears. Yeah. We're all here doing the thing. Camera's rolling. Right, yeah. camera's rolling and you're a young man. Mm-hmm. You're a young man that I'm sure, uh, how long ago was this? It's like six um, this is, ago? No, this is about four months ago. Four months ago. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what's going on in your mind, but I think as old guys we can relate to is that when we're with a group of people, we want to put our best foot forward. Yeah. And that's showing weakness yeah. and that's showing maybe I can't do this or maybe this is not right for me at this stage or mm-hmm. this is just not a good decision is actually something that conflicts with our egos big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, it was the people that I was with, like I really admired and looked up to, so I did want to put my best foot forward. And the beauty in it was, like I wasn't, like I didn't give myself time to really think and assess it. I was just going to do it because I didn't want to let the fear sink in. I did it. But then afterwards, the ability to really let my heart crack open and to be share those raw, vulnerable moments where it's like, man, like I nearly, I nearly died. And to sit in that with them and be held in unconditional love, like to have mentors and friends that can see me in that way and and can reflect something different back to me where it's not like, oh, like you're so like, why did you do that? Like none of them knew that I couldn't really swim, but to still be held in that unconditional love is, was powerful. And it's like, how can I now take that into my own life and hold that space for my friends, Mm. even through all their trials and tribulations? And, absolutely and just look at your mindset there yeah that is that is the mindset that is the growth mm-hmm. mindset that is the evolution mindset yeah. that there's never a bad day when you're out there sharpening your blade deepening your roots mm-hmm. and a lot of that a lot of that comes from the reflections i get back from people because i'm now that i'm in man cave and coaching i'm having these conversations all the time where us as men we're like masterminding our lives and reflecting different things back so we can make different choices moving forward and to see it from a perspective that serves us as we continue to go up, go about our journeys. Yeah. Yeah. And actually we'll park, we'll park man cave. Cause I want to dive more into that, mm-hmm. but that, that thing, which I didn't even know that was going to come up or you just mm-hmm. talked about and we were talking about Hawaii. We we're talking about the travels. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're in a wider scope. You've been covering the world and you're on this massive leg where you went to burning man. Mm-hmm. That was I don't, the journey in itself. Yeah, it's like I've seen it. You've seen it in Hollywood. For us in Australia, we don't really know much about it. It's not, we don't have a burning man here. We don't have mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, But I, I've seen, I saw your videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw your reflections from it. I know a couple of the people uh, in the States who went to it as well. And it's like, it seems to just be this psychedelic mm-hmm. explosion of realizing who you are, your true essence, yeah. and then coming to comfortability and grips with that. Uh-huh. What was it like for you, man? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because looking at Burning Man from the outside, outside staring in, mm. um, like you can have all these perceptions because people, it's so self-expressive. And the crew that I went with, this is something that you would have picked up from the side of the potto. They're very intentional about everything that they do. So mm. whether they're taking a psychedelic, whether they're eating their meals, like just doing it with intention, mm. Um, was something that really has changed my life. Like 
intention is kind of like our superpower. So, you know, Burning Man, it was confronting. It was, um, it was challenging, like being out in all the elements. Yeah. And it was also the most free I've ever felt to really be me. Like there's people walking around naked essentially, but it's not sexualized. It's just like, this is our nature. We're all human. And I guess if we want to touch on the psychedelics, um, it, it sort of changes your frequency bandwidth on how you can experience reality. Like you're experiencing the same moment, but you're experiencing it from a different octave, a different perspective. Mm. And uh, like being in that space, you're, you're able to come back with insights that you didn't necessarily have before you were in that space. And Burning Man's just like a magical place where um, there's, there's so many realizations you can have and there's it's the microcosm of the macrocosm. It's just like people coming together to celebrate and to learn and redefine what it means to be human. At least that was my experience. Like you can go to Burning Man and have like 10 different experiences and that was that was just how it was for me. All right. It sounds mm-hmm. like a lot very similar to other accounts that I've heard from especially a few different females and it's like it's interesting hearing the male perspective because mm-hmm. I've heard it from a few different girls and everything you just unpacked there is it sounds like such a time. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the photos of it. Mm. Uh, you're in body paint. You're, <laughs> you're, you're riding the desert. Uh-huh. Like you're in uh, uh, Mad Max. Yep. People have guitars on fire and shit. Yeah, and it's crazy, man. And it's normal. It's like you just see it like, oh, yeah, there's there's some person that's got a flamethrower over there. <laughs> and that's just regular. And, oh, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Okay, so... And also for your for other people's background and don't know Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, you've exp- you've experimented with psychedelics before, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time we talked, you've done ayahuasca before. I've done ayahuasca. It was the first big uh, trip I did when I first went traveling. Was I went to Peru, did a trip to Machu Picchu, and then mm-hmm. it was kind of like a spiritual journey where, um, where I just wanted to ex- know more about who I am as a person and as a spirit living in this human experience. Yeah, it was, um, but to, you know, two weeks before I did ayahuasca was probably my biggest sort of spiritual awakening point. I don't know if you want to dive into that. Please. Yeah, so um, I was living with Mikel and a few of my other housemates and we decided to do... Shout out to Mick. Yeah, we, <laughs> we decided that we would have a night where we would do mushrooms and I'd done it before maybe about five times mm. and this night was a little bit different and... We took the mushrooms and we we're having a grand old time. And, uh, you know, about halfway through, I start really contemplating my life and I'm like, I'm playing it like it's a tape. And I'm like, all right, so I'll go to work, finish work, go to gym, do that, come home, see friends. And it was like this never ending cycle. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go traveling. What's that going to be like? Um, and like, I'm not going to see my friends and family for a while. And I started to get really anxious. And then essentially just like, thinking and thinking and going deeper and deeper and deeper brought me to this place where I was like having my first ever full-blown panic attack and I didn't know what was what I was experiencing and like had some real like it was it was the lowest vibrational context I had ever experienced to that point and even talking about it now I can feel that in my system when I when I refer to it and essentially I just I came to the realization that everyone that I love will one day be gone and so will I. And like the meaningless of everything and how pointless it is, kind of. Mm. So when I went to go do ayahuasca, 
like I was in this space where I, my whole paradigm of the world had just been rocked to its core. So when I went to sit with plant I, um, mother Aya, which is what we refer to as the plant grandmother Aya, hmm. um, it really comforted me because that was what I needed at that time. Like I was in a space where like I was vulnerable. I was um, really trying to piece together my last experience and it just held me. So I think when it comes to plant medicines, you will always get what you need from that experience. And, you know, you can have really high euphoric experiences. It can take you into the depths of despair if, if that's what you need to have your breakthrough and to see things in a different way to make changes in your life. It's deep. Yeah. It's really deep. For sure. And it's actually surprising how you said it was comforting for you mm-hmm. because of all the other accounts that I've heard from various different people was more to what you described in the yeah. ladder, we, which yeah. is just this stark yeah. in your face, drag you to the depths type yep. thing, but you found it comforting. Yep. Yeah. You, I definitely, I found that experience comforting, but you know, even from the psilocybin experience with the mushrooms, like I'm still, like I'm still being with that in a way where it's like I get to show that part of myself deep, unconditional love. So like essentially to integrate it into who I am today mm. and to not deny that aspect of myself and humanity. Mm, mm. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot there. There's something powerful there, man. Yeah. There's something powerful about just the journey of diving deeper into, as you said before, who you are mm-hmm. and trying to understand that as much as you can. It's such a, uh, it's such an admirable quality. And what I feel is uh, the only quality, in my opinion, that is worth admiration, right? To understand oneself. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't give a fuck about how much people earn, mm-hmm. about what type of girls guys are with, what type of guys girls are with, mm-hmm. what type of position they have in society. The only, the only quality that I look for in someone that I guess attracts me to them mm-hmm. is are they interested in understanding who they are? Mm-hmm. On many levels, different levels. Yeah. And it's not a judgment of, oh, what are you saying that you only, only fuck with people like you that are mm-hmm. trying to get down to that dip? Not necessarily. Like yeah. everyone's are, they are where they are. Mm-hmm. And if it's just like uh, this morning when I was out walking, you know, it's like Sunday morning, 6 a.m. And this van pulls up on the street next to me. <laughs> Shaky van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, He's got candy. <laughs> It wasn't that shady, mm-hmm. but it was like, uh, the, the window rolls down and it's just like, it's like an Indian couple and the driver, uh, I, I walk up to the window and he says, Hey man, uh, do you know where the airport is? And they're like, they're really far off. Like they're really going yeah, the wrong direction. We're not near the airport yeah. at all. <laughs> and we, we end up having a conversation on the side of the street almost just about mm-hmm. telling like, go down this street, da, 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 et cetera. But then we start talking just shit. We just started talking shit. I'm like, I thought you guys had to go to the airport, but mm-hmm. anyways, as I'm starting to look at them, as I'm starting to feel who they are, I sense, this is going to sound a bit strange, so I will want to unpack this. I sense mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. right? And that they, these aren't necessarily people that are just going around live, just do, 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 nine to five, nine to five. And of course, this is not shitting on people who do nine to five. I love nine to five. Mm-hmm. When I say nine to five, I mean, you are unconsciously going through life. Yeah, for sure but I sense a little bit of life in them just in a conversation mm-hmm. about something sur- surface level mundane about yeah. getting to the airport, but he's making dad jokes. Uh, I say, go down chief street. And he's like, or oh, is it because there's a lot of chiefs on that street? And so even that, that's an admirable quality to me though, 
that -hmm. these people were willing to have a human connection instead of busting out Google. Mm -hmm. And they were willing to just put this guy on the side of the street. And I think, you know, you're the space for that. Like the level of presence I experienced from you and in all your interactions is um, like, that really is the work. It's like, how present can I be in the mundane? Like, like a lot of the time we think that spirituality has to be this like big unattainable goal, but the spirituality, it's all about like what's in front of you. How present can I get with that? Who's in front of me? How can I serve them? You know what I mean? And um, for you, oh, yes. for you, like that's something that you, you embody. Like when I sit down to have a conversation with you, I experience that as well. I experience life. I experience like a, a real grounded connectedness. I mean, I you wish you'd met me at 18. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we knew each other at 18, man. We would not, would be different people. Like we were completely different people from when we were 18 to You were now. talking before. You were going in real deep on some stuff. I don't even know now. I have to, I'm going to have to, obviously, I'm going to listen back to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, in these moments, and I was speaking of Alicia on the last podcast last week about we had to cap it at an hour mm-hmm. because she had to go to work. Okay. But she is such a... I described her as a, a well that had a mm-hmm. huge cork in it mm-hmm. and that the geyser is coming up from the depths of the earth and you can see the water busting out on the seams yeah. and it just needs, you need to pop that cork and you mm-hmm. need to let everything out. And when you give someone a space for that, mm-hmm. it's amazing what shit comes out. Yeah, for sure. Like even you asking those questions about psychedelics and plant medicines, it's an edge for me to talk about it. So I'm like, I'm having this conversation and I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Yes. And to be in that unknown space of not knowing where I'm going to take this is scary and it leaves room for magic because it's not, it's not pre-planned. It's not orchestrated behind the scenes. It's just, I'm allowing spirit to speak through me essentially because I didn't prepare for that. And that's what the bottle is. Yeah. Guys, there's no notes here. No. Uh, Glenn rocked up. It's a cheeky Sunday morning. That's it. He, he's got a sign here that says no phone. Oh, yeah. I, I had a bunch of notes and things I was going to go into, but <laughs> he took that opportunity away from me. It's actually in both English and Japanese for those who are wondering. But, um, this is, I'm actually supposed to throw this off. Actually, we're keeping it here now. Yeah, we're it's a it part here. of the potter. <laughs> it's part of us now. Yeah. But the reason why I went into that whole thing with Leash was that... <clears throat> actually, I don't even know why I went into that example with Leash. Oh, it's because describing what I was feeling from you in that moment mm-hmm. when you were starting to talk about, yeah, some psychedelic stuff and coming right back now to us at 18, you're completely different to the person I knew 18 months ago. Yeah. And as you were talking, this is something that just like popped in my mind was that he's self-expressing so much better now than when I knew him at 18. Mm -hmm. uh, 18, sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, 18 months ago Mm -hmm. when we sat down in the botanics and we had that first conversation and we were sitting in this like kind of Roman geometric square. It was really romantic. It it was actually, it was. (laughs) Yeah. The bromance alive. Uh And... And it was similar then in terms of like uh, the guys are coming up from the depths of the earth of stuff that you were just pumping out with. But mm-hmm. I felt uh, a struggle mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. It's a lot. Like I, I think I have, and it's been, it's kind of been my dharma. I've had a lot of trouble speaking my truth a lot of the time. So, you know, like I'm always, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about how the words are coming out and being able to get past my ego that wants to get it right and rather than just letting it flow has been it's been a journey and it's something that I'm still on today but I know that as long as I'm coming from service and I'm coming from love what comes out is, is perfect yeah, yeah. I, well 
just the way it came out there. And I was just hearing that for you, man. I was just thinking, like, and this it, is coming even out so then, much you better. can notice, like, sometimes, like, I'll be lost for what I'm going to say next. And that's just the ego mind trying to get it right. And there's no, there is no getting it right because it, it already is. Yeah. It already is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, with that being said, talk to me about the feminine energy. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, share as many details as you want, restrict sure. as many details so, as you want, make as elusive as you want. Yeah, I've um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I met a girl in Hawaii, and it's it was different. Um, and so I've been single for about five years now. And oh, just have, for people's knowledge, how old are you? I'm 26. 26. So, broke up when I was 21. Went on this big journey, and uh, who I am today is completely different from when I was 21. But I met this girl, and she. Um, was able to tap me into a part of my heart that I hadn't experienced in maybe five years. So automatically I knew that this was something different. And we spent maybe five days in a bit of a love bubble in Hawaii, which is, you know, Hawaii is like the heart tracker of the earth. So, you know, we're in our love space. We're getting to know each other. It was real and intense romance and we just couldn't let it end. So um, we changed our trip to meet up in Boston and New York and the romance continued to grow. And what I really appreciated about her was her, um, her openness to who I was. And I was really able to share my truth in such an um, authentic way. And the way that was received really, um, really felt good to me. And so, yeah, she came over for the month of November and we spent some time together. And um, the romance continued to grow. Came over to Australia? Yep. Yeah, came and lived with me for a month. Now, we've skipped over a lot of things here, so I want to take you back. Yeah. Especially for listeners of this podcast. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met at a hostel. What was that inception moment like? Yeah. Uh, it was right after I nearly died off that cliff. Okay. I was back at the hostel nursing some injuries, and she walked in. And I was like, whoa, who is that? And, um, you know, I, I find myself to be the, my most empowered when I'm in, like, a hostel environment. I have this personality where I can bring people in mm. and create a container um, where strangers around the world feel seen and feel like they're a part of like a family, just for, even if it's just for a night. So I was in my empowered state and that is attractive to a female. And um, yeah, we just went and sang some karaoke at this Japanese bar and uh, yep, yep. I uh, decided to sit next to her and um, the chemistry just rolled on from there. <clears throat> I know I've said this before many, many times, guys. Many, many times. I said it with uh, Roy. I brought it up really specific and mentioned for Roy. And actually, there's a lot for my female listeners as well uh, to glean, glean from what Glenn just said there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't spend too much longer on, or too much on this point because there's far deeper stuff that I want to get into. But just on a surface level, you talked about empowerment mm-hmm. and actually... You know, your nickname's uh, Cash, mm-hmm. but I, I think of you as Glenn Empowered Money. Okay. Because I feel like that's just, when I look at you on Graham and mm-hmm. stories, I feel like that is the, uh, that's like, you probably have definitely have your own labeling as to how you mm-hmm. perceive your mission in this world. But to give you a third eye and a third perspective yeah. is that when I look at you and I see what you're doing, it's like, well, Glenn's just hell bent on getting people to feel empowered, you know, for freedom, the joy. Love all that stuff. Yeah. So that's how I appreciate that reflection, bro. So yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's just that's just yeah, good, Mister Empower, mm-hmm. right? And so you talked about how <clears throat> you're in this state of where you just you're bringing people in, you're trying to create connections. 
there's just a tactical lesson right in here, which is that what's key is that the focus isn't on you. Yeah. The focus is on people outside of you, mm-hmm. right? And you're living a purpose that is not attached to yourself. You're, you've got to focus. And even though it can seem something as, you know, I guess a lot of guys get caught up in this thing of like, well, in order to attract a girl, I've got to have this great job. I've got to have this high level job, mm-hmm. in which um, I have, you know, and that's where I'll source my meaning from. Mm-hmm. But you're up in this... Well, when you're in a hostel and it's the first night you're meeting everyone, no one actually gives a sh- like two fucks about what you do back home. It's like, who are you in that moment? And like that sticks with me all the time. It's like, who am I? <laughs> who am I being? What am I embodying? Mm. Like, what, what's my energy right now? What am I putting out to the world? And in a, in a hostel environment, like I, like I just love the, the unknown of like, you don't know who's going to come into your space mm. and being able to navigate that and to bring people in and create an experience where everyone just has such a fun night. is something that I get a lot of, um, joy from. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the sowing seeds that benefit others and you will reap backwards, yep. but you don't do that. So because you have intentional reaping, no, you just because you want to sow seeds that benefit others. Yeah. It just so happens. I just recognize that is a skill that I have. And to be able to put that into service in a hostile environment feels good. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why I wanted just to highlight this mm-hmm. is because while you are taking the focus off of yourself and that, that naturally brings out all the qualities that would make a female and a feminine energy attracted to you mm-hmm. because the masculine energy connected to his purpose, that is operating on a level where it's like, doing me mm-hmm. i'm doing me not because i need you but i'm doing me because i want to do me mm-hmm. and then that and all the things that come about that i can break that down into the tactics mm-hmm. i can if I, I can say this for sure without even being there is that no doubt your intent when you meet this girl and this girl rocks up on you is rock solid mm-hmm. right? because you're just flowing through that your eyes are going to be there your vocal projection is going to be there your body language is going to be relaxed and at ease like within yourself if you've got all these things and Tying right back here, it's that the focus isn't on what can I get from this person, mm-hmm. and all these other things. What I refer to as your fifty, all these things I described there, everything you can control. Yeah, they start to breathe for sure, man. And just to piggyback on that, I think a man that is uh, living in his truth, living in his alignment, mm. that like that quality is what really attracts a female. Like they're they're drawn to someone that's. Um, really on purpose and doesn't make them the purpose. Like I'm sure a lot of you listeners have gone out with the intention to pick up and to bring someone home so that they can um, fulfill this sense of validation that they're searching for. But when you're able to feel that yourself and live on your purpose, then, you know, it's irrelevant what happens that night. And like, that's, it's the cosmic joke. Like it just tends to happen, especially when you're in that space. hundred percent. Yeah. I'd like, relate to that so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, uh, what's her name, by the way? Michelle. Michelle. Okay. Or Michelle. As she, mm-hmm. as she announced it, Michelle. Michelle, she's yeah. French. No, she's uh, German, but she sounds French when she says her name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I've met a few German girls and uh, girls from, um, who are Dutch. Mm-hmm. And they all, they, to me, I, I haven't, it sounds French, mm-hmm. but I don't know. They get pissed off when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, what did you recognize in her? Um, I, I saw, she's quite young. She's 19. And um, 
traveling the world as well. She's traveling the world at 19. So she, I recognize that she was, um, very brave and courageous. Like, I think it, it takes a lot of, um, self, like you've got to really know who, who you are to a certain extent to want to travel the world by yourself and to leave the comfort of your home city. Or at least have the desire to yeah. want to know who you are. Yeah, for sure. So the, there's that quality that I really liked about her. She like obviously was beautiful physically mm-hmm. and um, she was just, she was open to, you know, a lot of the things that I had to share with her. And it was like, I think it was that, that playful energy as well that we were able to experience around each other, which is something that um, I think is so important when it comes to a relationship is that you guys have fun together. And we had it's like so much fun together and just such a deep connection. Now let's talk about polarity of energy here. Mm-hmm. Since we're here, how would you first off describe the polarity or maybe not the polarity of your energy. We'll get to more about how you relate with her, mm-hmm. but actually put her to the side for a second. When you think about yourself, mm-hmm. think about a re- visualization. All right, for an example, when I made a video on, uh, I think it was titled Why the uh, Feminine Energy Shuts You Down. No, that was a podcast. It's a, it's an, it's a video on the polarity between masculine and feminine energy and understanding that, um, <clears throat> what attracts you to a feminine energy, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I described that it was based on a couple that I know and how he, in his positive polarity, positive and polarity, uh, is like a grounding force for her and that in her and her positive polarity is like electricity but on the negative end for that for her is like thunder it's destructive and I uh, can cause a lot of harm for him mm-hmm. the negative end is like sand mm-hmm. which there is no grounding when he starts to step into his negative end yeah. so with those visualizations how do you feel if you could describe your your mm-hmm. energy yeah. on both the positive and negative end mm-hmm. what would that within you can use nature terms whatever terms come to your mind how do you feel i think i'll I'll start here i think um growing up i was more geared to the feminine aspects of myself Hmm. and a lot of that has to do with growing up with two older sisters growing up with um a dad that's in a wheelchair so um in saying that not that that's wrong or anything i was just geared more to my feminine and i've really when it comes to masculinity i've had to find other people that embody the things that I want to be embodying and learning that the masculine energy is, um, is directive and is um, like straight line and the feminine is more like flowy with the emotions. So learning how to integrate the two um, is something that I've really been working on the last two years mm-hmm. and knowing when to step into my masculine, when does the woman need leading and when, when is the time to really be with my emotions and be in my feminine and who do I want to hold that space for me? Because back to the polarity thing, you know, there's, I, th- I truly believe there's certain things that you shouldn't be processing with your woman. And that's why you go to men's circles. That's why you go and spend time with your boys and have that space where you can um, process and be with your emotions. Um, because th- they don't, they don't want to be the dumping bag for your insecurities, essentially. Um, but there is, there is in that there is space for you to be vulnerable with them and to create that deeper level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. So, and if you think about just going back hundreds of thousands of years, uh, we all had that. Yeah. Right. When when the men would go out to hunt, mm-hmm. right, we had that space. Yeah. And we would talk, and we would, I'm sure hunters are talking hunting shit. Yeah. 
right? And then the girls, primal, girls are foraging. Yeah. Right? Girls are together. They have their women's circles. Uh-huh. And I think uh, through the over, as Roy would refer to as the PCing of the world, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting driven away from that. Mm. And I love that. And I guess we might, I still want to actually, we're still in a park man cave. Don't worry. It's still yep. my mind. But because I'm, you're involved in that, you're involved in that space yep. and empowering men to, to come into their, their own and to, to mm-hmm. share and to be vulnerable and to be mm-hmm. <clears throat> honest with themselves in a, especially in a space where it's probably the least honest where you want to be. Like when you're in the footy room locker and the basketball room locker, everyone's showing up, mm-hmm. right? No one's being really authentic to have what's really going on here yeah. because Hey, uh, you step outside the group, you're going to get lashed for that. Yeah, So it's amazing that you're in that space. Yeah. I wanted to drive this back because I wanted to get an idea of how you visualize uh, yourself. And you dived into a couple different things there that I didn't even, which is why I wanted to leave it open. Mm-hmm. But to get a little more specific here, because I want to use this, this is just my own brainchild. Mm-hmm. I love, are you a visual person? Do you like to visualize a lot? Yeah, it's, uh, it's written down in my daily planner. Um, whether I get to it or not is different, but you know, maybe five out of seven days of the week, I'll take time intentionally to sit down and, and envision the life I want to lead and what I want the next 12 months to look like. And like knowing that we're the creators of our reality. Mm. So, you know, if we're not taking time to really be conscious about what it is that we want to experience, then, you know, we just, the chips fall where they may. And you see that in your mind mm-hmm. and you visualize good. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to go on this because some people don't relate. I find, find I particularly it. very logical people. Yep. They're far more auditory. They're far more yep. uh, written. And they would probably relate more to me drawing what I'm about to say mm-hmm. rather than me actually just talking about it. You've been able to visualize it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, talking about your polarity. Think about nature for me right now. I mean, what would you. I mean, what would you. Pair and find analogous to something in nature as being the positive end. When you feel like you're stepping into your best self and you're being, and don't necessarily think too much in terms of masculine and feminine, but just think about, okay, when I'm being my best self right now, especially in relation to a woman and we're coming together in a relationship, Mm -hmm. what embodies that? If there's anything in nature Mm. and take your time with this. It's not, there's no rush. This is a, it's a good question. It's making me, go into a depth of thought that I actually haven't, haven't been in before. Yeah. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is an eagle soaring okay, and just like freedom. And like, you know, that's freedom is like a theme for me. I think like I think about it so often and what it would truly mean to be free. And when I put myself in that energetic space, it's where I feel embodied. So, you know, I, I think of um, an eagle. Yeah. So you go soaring. And yep. that came out so organic. Now, I want you to think about what the reverse of that is. Mm. If you think about an eagle soaring, you stepping is your best, you mm-hmm. bring your best, you got that freedom flying. What's the opposite of a soaring eagle? Mm. You, know, you know what's actually coming to my mind when you say that now? Mm-hmm. It's my cat, LeBron. And I say that because LeBron's an indoor cat and LeBron doesn't know freedom. And he's sort of confined to the life that he's been given. And he's... Like, and I think a lot of us live our lives confined to what's, what our circumstances were growing up, what, what was the environment and stuff. So um, when I think of an unempowered life, I think of a family cat that just wants to be free and explore the backyard. Mom, let him, let him out for once. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
without that. That's this is why I love the visualizations. Mm-hmm. It's why I love you to run with it because if you and for anyone listening to this can hold those two ideas and now do that for themselves. So I do with my clients all the time because I feel like if especially as human beings, we learn to interact with this world by drawing analogies and metaphors. Mm-hmm. Right before Story we had fancy beings. language. Yeah. Like you look at the K paintings. Yeah. Right. You look that was that was communication. And understanding yourself, understand knowing who you are at the core, especially as a dude. And if you're a girl listening to this, do this for yourself as well. Understand that whatever what does that look like for you in the rest of the world? And Glenn's here talking about soaring like an eagle. And the first thing that came to my mind as a as the reverse and polarity mm-hmm. was that we spoke on the same the same thought line ran through our heads, just different visuals. Mm-hmm. The visual that I had was a caged canary. Mm-hmm. No freedom. Yeah. Right? Wind's clipped. Yep, I hear that. And yeah, I guess that relates to the cat yeah, being same. inside. He, like he so badly wants to go outside. Um, but mum just won't let him in fear that he, we had a cat when we were younger that got ran over. So, ah. you know, she's living from this fear that um, he's an indoor cat and that's what he is. Right. But knowing that he wants to experience more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's all animals' nature. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you guys take that now, you take that and you, and I want you to, to be engaged with this potter and that's what the potter is, man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't just, we don't just sit here and talk and it's a mastermind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people, yeah. uh, I mean, there are, there are been potters where, you know, shit gets conversational, but mm-hmm. I always want to tag things down. And if there is something to be, to be sourced here, let's source it. Yeah, for sure. So we've got this. And the reason why I want to dive into this is because I know it'd be great getting it from you. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to uh, paint in now and let other people discuss that in their own minds and go, okay, if, if for right now, if you really want to think about this, but you think, oh, I'll wait to the end of the potter, don't wait. Hit pause right now. Go do this work. Mm-hmm. And just, it won't take long. Because as you saw for Glenn, he's like, well, the first thing that just came to mind, that's always the realist. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and I just want to preface, when you ask powerful questions to yourself, what comes through is like, it's like your subconscious communicating to you. So you asked me what on the positive end of the polarity, what is it? It's an eagle soaring. So just knowing that the questions that we ask ourselves can lead to different answers, which can lead to different actions, which can lead to different results in our life. Absolutely. Very well said. Mm -hmm. So we've got this. So hopefully you've either come back, you press pause, you've done it in your mind now, you already knew. Uh, The reason why I wanted to go into this now Mm -hmm. is because of how this now relates to your feminine. Mm-hmm. And to this feminine being that's coming to your life, Michelle. 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 <laughs> it reminds me of Dodgeball. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I hear that image. Such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so I want you to paint now your perception of her positive and negative end. Mm-hmm. How you feel that comes up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's going to have her own ideas. And uh, Michelle, if you're listening or watching this, uh-huh. don't worry because it's not about, these are not, these are just our ways of describing our experience in life. Yeah. So, but I want your interpretation i guess you know it's when the negative end is when the the feminine doesn't feel safe and she shuts down like um and then when she's in that negative end of the spectrum it's like all right so how do i become the space for her to feel comfortable to share what's actually up for her because if she doesn't feel safe to share it with me it's not a problem with her it's like you know i've not set up the the container where she does feel safe So bringing it back to what I can do to sort of um, change that. And then I guess on the positive end of the spectrum is like 
when she feels safe and feels like she can express her emotions in a place where I'm not going to judge her or make her wrong for feeling the way she's feeling. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to think of an animal analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm just digesting what you were saying there. Yeah. So take your time with that. But what you just said then, you said something very, very aligned with something that I've pumped, mm-hmm. which is setting up the space. Mm-hmm. Open, direct, honest communication is everything. And we all have to take responsibility. Right? And I've always, uh, whether you agree or disagree is the way that I live, is that I take full responsibility for myself and everyone around me. Mm-hmm. That if, if someone's, if, uh, if my brother comes in and has had a shared day, or mm-hmm. if I come in on, on a session with a client and is just is having a rough time, or it's like I'm going to take responsibility for setting up an environment and a mm-hmm. space in which that you can play that out. Mm-hmm. And that. For sure. And that, yeah, like back to, you know, even the start of this potter, the way we set the container, the intentions that we set. Um, like if you were to take that same intention practice into your relationship, like, hey, you know, my intention for this time that we're spending together this month is that you feel safe the entire time when you're around me, that you we experience the most joy and fun that we can experience and that we feel um, feel like we can really show up as our authentic self in every moment. Like just setting that as the precipice before we go into the month of being with each other, it changes the whole dynamic. It does. Yeah. It does. You, uh, you provide framework and structure, mm-hmm. you don't get lost. And that's a trait of the masculine is to provide, like to set that f- framework and structure Strong up. Frame. Yeah. Strong frame. I spoke about this with Mick. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Mick, mm-hmm. this is not something we spoke about on the pod, <laughs> but I'm not sure if you know about this session, but we had a cheeky session at Himeji. Uh, in the Japanese garden no no this is in Adelaide uh, where I go to meditation most days you seeing other boys behind my back how dare I come on bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Vic is uh, gritting like a little school kid right yeah. now we had a cheeky session um, it was like a cold winter's day it was raining hard and we're in the uh, the Cutter Sun Suite which is the dry rock garden mm-hmm. and he just wanted to chat he just wanted to sit down don't worry Mick I won't be mentioning any specifics here but he just wanted to talk about a few different things. I don't really know what it was about, but we met up and it was in reference to his attachment to, and Mick, by the way, guys, if you think like a, Mick is very open, he's been on the podcast mm-hmm. as well and I'm sure he'd be really happy for people to learn from this. Mm-hmm. But he was, especially as he's starting to step into a really authentic place within oh, himself yeah. now as well. Yeah. But the nature of our conversation was around his attachment to needing a girl and mm. to uh, needing to, this might not have been his words, but the vibe of it was to cash in before I leave. Mm-hmm. And that will this girl be there for me if I come back? And to, and this is when he was on the cusp of going to Bali. Mm-hmm. Wasn't quite sure. And it's, it's going back and forth. In, the in between right? says, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the frame, that's where we're coming in, is that most of our conversation there mm-hmm. and what I was talking to Mick about is we're staring out. And if those of you that have never been into one of these dry rock gardens, often in the viewing area, it's a old school wooden frame framing. And it was just a perfect analogy then and there for us, because I was saying to him that, listen, a lot of what you're describing is that you're giving your frame away and that you're not holding a strong frame for her in this moment. And that the moment you decide that I don't need her and that whether she is there for me when I come back Mm -hmm. or she might be with someone else, 
either mm. way. Yeah, what I'm hearing is like, I remember Mick when he was in this space and we had a conversation about this as well. I'm hearing like not enoughness, like who I am without it is not enough. Mm. And, um, you know, one of my mentors, Preston Smiles, always tells me, it's like we get to be the whole damn cake and then everyone else that comes into our life is just the icing on the top. So it's not, it's like about building and baking that cake and knowing that you are it. You are it. You, everything that you could want and desire already exists within you. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. I love that because it resonates on such a deep level. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm also hearing, I'm also hearing the zero to two hard case on that scale who's struggling with that idea mm-hmm. because this is what I like to do. I love to play at both angles. I love to play both sides. I love to play mm-hmm. multiple perspectives. You love to split yourself into different fragments and argue the different points. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And that, that's, I guess, when people say, like, uh, how on earth can you sit there for two hours on your own when I do the solo pod? And it's just what I do. You're just amused, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love this because it also, you're in a coaching space now. Mm-hmm. I'm in a coaching space. And we have to do this because it's empathy mm-hmm. to be able to resonate uh, not necessarily resonate, but to understand someone who heard what you just said, especially just that one key theme of I am complete. Mm-hmm. You take a guy that we talked about before, shit handed life, right? Maybe his parents abused him, uh, he bullied at school all his life, overweight, mm-hmm. uh, cystic acne, terrible social skills, just stayed in his room all his life, and now he's maybe he's, he's seen the ledge. Mm-hmm. He can see there is a ledge to be jumped mm-hmm. off of, mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure he's not. not quite courageous enough to look over that yet yeah but essentially what we're talking about here is come closer Mm -hmm. come look at this that's it and just notice when you're on that journey notice when your body starts to contract and realize ah so this is what's in the way of me realizing how complete i really am and it's like oh all right so contracted when i went to go talk to this female because i didn't feel good enough here and just realizing that's the work that's where it is the work within myself Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That when they feel that resistance popping up, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is where I got to go to. Yeah. The resistance on the other side of it is is your breakthrough. So you get to keep pushing through, knowing that you get to become a more wholesome person on the other side of it. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. And to bring just quickly to bring this back to Mick and his journey from that time, he's mm. um, he's grown expo- exponentially, and the yeah. way I experience him, not being around him every day. But seeing his stories on Instagram and stuff, he's just living in his truth. And it's it's a real, like, I'm super proud of him. Cannot agree more. Mm-hmm. Because you guys did a Facebook Live mm-hmm. probably about a year ago now. Could be, could be a little bit less. Yeah. But you guys did a Facebook Live and I chimed in with a question. <clears throat> Do you remember what the question was? I don't. It's a hard, it would be a hard thing to remember. Uh-huh. Um, the question, they were on a Facebook, Facebook Live together. It, let's say somewhere between eight to 12 months ago, could have been a little bit more. And they were taking questions from people, mm-hmm. Glenn and Mick. And I asked you to, what have you learned from each other? Mm. And just watching you two answer the question together coming mm-hmm. up. And it wasn't so much about what you came up with, about what I wanted to speak on now, mm-hmm. but how he responded mm-hmm. and who he was when he responded then. Mm-hmm. And then he just got off a 10 day uh, Vipassana mm-hmm. And uh, we had a phone call like the day after that yep. and we spoke for like 50 minutes on the phone and it's uh, what you're saying. They're like so proud of the, the growth. And yep. It's amazing how quickly growth can happen mm-hmm. when you are comfortable to see it happen. Yeah. When you just decide to see it happen and 
it, it would be interesting to go back and watch that Facebook Live because I know we've both grown and evolved so much. And, you know, I think the one thing about spending time with Mick is the alchemy of our personalities together brings up so much joy and playfulness and the ability I think our growth was because we were already really good at that we were heaps good at having fun Hmm. Um, but the growth was being able to dive into the deeper meaningful aspects of life with him how long have you known Mick for? I think I I met him at 10 Hmm. um, at a basketball carnival and when I was 13 he dated my sister for maybe a six month period he was too cool for me and then um, 21 we went on a trip to Bali together ended up moving in with each other and just realized there's there were a lot of parallels in our journey and we were able to especially through a like a very growth period time for us we were able to be each other's um like reflect stuff back to each other mm. yeah mm. the reason <clears throat> the reason why i wanted to bring this up because i was going to ask you a question about at what stage in your relationship? And I just need to say this right now for context, for those who have no idea who we're talking about right <laughs> yeah. now. Go back and listen to... Uh, Mick was the first guest on this potter. We've done 80, 80 potters uh, solo. And then I think it's, 80, it's either 81 or 82 that Mick's on. Uh, inspirational dude uh, who's living his life right now. Living mm-hmm. his life. That's all I need to say. Yeah. Um, you will not be... The, the hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes we spoke... Uh, I never like to say it will change your life, but it will be the catalyst for you to change your life, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's, really, it's an amazing conversation, but what I wanted to get out was in your relationship together, at what stage did the deeper level discussions start to happen about the spirit, maybe, and spiritual is just, don't take that as a woo-woo label, but just the deeper knowing stuff, mm-hmm. when did that start to come out between you two? Maybe I think it started when we were living together and like we were both experiencing because we were changing as people. We were experiencing feedback from our old friendship groups mm. that wasn't necessarily feel, didn't necessarily feel good. So we're like, hey, I'm experiencing this. What are you experiencing? I'm experiencing this. And then going deeper, it's like, all right, so, you know, if I'm not that person and I'm this person now, like who really am I? And then just going deeper and deeper and deeper and like really you know, starting to reflect things back to each other that don't necessarily always feel good, but being able to speak our truth and knowing that we're the space where we can, we can take it, we can hold it. And like probably the first friend where it's been the container of unconditional love. So no matter what I bring to him, I know there's not judgment. There's only, he just sees me from this place of love and as do I. Just got really romantic. (laughs) Uh, Well, that, for those who are listening, you can't, you have to go back and watch this on the YouTube version, but I just, I just had to take a breath then. Mm-hmm. It's had to take a breath because we're going into some shit right now that is so important to me uh, on, on a really deep level because who you just, the relationship you just described in Mick was what I used to have with Matt, mm-hmm. uh, who's no longer with us anymore. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting a little emotional now. Yeah. I'm the space rover, bro. If you need to go there. And uh, I feel like it's uh, it's important for all of us to, especially just people, just human beings, to have that relationship with someone in which that you talk about unconditional love, you talked about being able to relate experiences in this life and in this journey. 
from whatever angles and whatever time you are in life and it comes together and we can just share this. And it's, it's interesting because as you were talking, I wanted to go in on uh, Man Cave because mm-hmm. what popped up in my mind, of course, is straight value. What if there's some dude listening to this right now that doesn't have that person? Mm. And you know what? There's so many men right now that feel isolated that don't have that friendship or that friendship group where they can really feel like they're a safe space to share. Hey, you know what? I don't actually feel okay. And we, we get to step up as men and start to create those environments where we get to face off with all the things that we're being with in life. Cause it's not easy necessarily to be a man in 2018. Like, I don't know if you've been living under a rock or anything, but there's this thing called the me too movement, which is, it's perfect because it's about women's empowerment and them us acknowledging as a society, all the indiscretions and, um, stuff that we've uh, not necessarily gotten right, um, particular with relationships. The inequality. Yeah, mm. for sure. But as the pendulum has swung, now it's like, it's almost like we're in a space where men don't feel safe to be themselves, right? Yeah. So it's like, how do we bring that back to balance? And, you know, it needed to swing. And now we get to bring it into balance. And a lot of that is integrating the masculine and feminine energies energies a lot of that is acknowledging where we've fucked up in the past and a lot of that is like all right so now how do we decide to be moving forward which man cave is it's all about that it's about giving guys the tools and structures to you know be with life in a different way and a space for guys to really allow themselves to go into those dark scary places within themselves and where can people find this this is super important. Yeah, for sure. So if you go at Conscious Man Brotherhood on Instagram, we've got an Instagram page there. And then um, we also have a um, a Facebook page called The Pack, um, which is a brotherhood for men, um, where we're having these conversations every single day. And then if you want to know more about Man Cave, it's www.atpressandsmiles.mancave. And um, that's where we really dive deep into this type of work. Right. Yeah. And don't worry, guys. I'll grab after this. I'll grab all the links off uh, Glenn, and we'll link it up in the uh, description and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was super important, and uh, just just because of what you were talking about, and we had that brought up memories of mm. me on the cruise ship with Matt. And uh, I know this is going to sound weird. This is going to sound weird, but you have those moments. It's just actually it's it's not even a deep moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a deep moment. Oh, it was just a, it, we were fucking around mm-hmm. where you know you we're in the we're on the cruise. We're in our room. And uh, Matt was a lot bigger than me and just taller in general, but also just bigger in general. And mm-hmm. he was uh, he was fucking around and he was trying to choke me out. Uh, you know, just roughhousing around. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in one of the, one of the it's a small room. We are in like the bunk beds. And there's a photo of it actually of when Roy grabbed my camera because he had just attempted to rear naked choke me. Mm-hmm. But in the moment where we had just kind of relaxed from that, yeah. Uh, he was actually holding me mm-hmm. as if like he was, he was the bigger brother. Yeah. And you know, when you mentioned that with me, like that just, that's why I got TBI yeah, then because sure, man. it just brought up some shit if and you, it was for other people. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go there, but I would love to ask you what that sort of um, process of dealing with his passing away has been like to get to where you are today, where you can reflect on it. And you can be emotional, but you can like smile. Like, how have you gotten to that place? Let's, yeah, okay, 100%. Let's dive into that. I just yeah. want to just to tag, finish that last little bit up there. Because 
so what I want to say is that I just I appreciate it so much you speaking that out yeah. and that especially with your analogy with the pendulum so yeah we, we don't it's not about us versus them it's not about women versus men mm-hmm. it's that we came into this life together mm-hmm. let's bring this together yeah. so I just really appreciate you putting that there yeah. um, so I think I, I have there's a potter called the life and death mm-hmm. uh, on life and death part one where I discuss seeing Matt's parents one year after his passing away. So the one year anniversary, mm-hmm. which was January 16th or something like that this year, maybe it was February, January, February, and going to their house and visiting them uh, just on my own and just bringing some flowers. And I thought it was, you know, just going to be a, it was going to have a chat, but I didn't realize it was going to be a three hour sit down on this couch listen to these two parents that have lost their only son and and absorb the pain, mm-hmm. the intense level of pain. And for those who don't know, uh, Matt took his own life after a long, a long drawn out process of what was never really nailed down by the doctors, but their best guess was schizophrenia. And to paint it right back, you know, Matt was, I guess he was a big brother to me, but mm. we were on the journey together. Mm. He was the person I looked up to. He was the one that was showing when we started, at least with cold approach, learning how to meet girls. Mm-hmm. He was the one that was well ahead of me. I was learning from him. Mm-hmm. We, we were having those conversations like you were with Mick, mm-hmm. where it's like 9 p.m. on a Saturday night, and instead of uh, watching Dude, Where's My Car, we're sitting there on the, he's on the couch, I'm in the beanbag, and we're just discussing, so what happens after life? And we're having heated discussions about, yeah. it's like, no, I mean, it couldn't be this. It couldn't yeah. be that, right? And we're talking about this dude shit, right? Yeah. And these are the conversations that go to 1 a.m. Yeah. So for him to fall into the depths of schizophrenia, which that the best way of describing it, because it manifests in many different ways, was that he doesn't feel like he can express who he is anymore. So he shuts himself down and he doesn't leave his room anymore. Mm-hmm doesn't leave his room and his parents are doing everything they can uh the best the best mental care the the best everything to try and get him mm-hmm. see what's going on with his brain and everything and uh at first i thought there was like uh seizures in between the synapses in his brain which mm-hmm. aren't allowing connections to happen yeah. which is why he doesn't feel like who he is anymore yeah he doesn't feel it like, and then shame starts yeah. to come in he doesn't want to reach out to friends because mm-hmm. he doesn't feel like he can be the old person he was mm-hmm. so to go and that lasts for a couple of years and then he ended up deciding to take his own life yeah. because he's, I'm not, I'm not me anymore. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, so that's just some context. And so, to, and I was painting it back to be there with his parents a year later after the funeral. And of course you'd expect, of course, parents would be at the funeral mm. in absolute yeah. uh, state of disrepair. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. But a year later, I wasn't quite prepared for how much, how much of a scar it had left. Mm-hmm. And that when I just, I really just came there, you know, had, had the roses, had the flowers and it's going to have chat. But then when I sit down on the couch and his dad, I don't think anyone else had provided this. And I think that's what I had spoken about mm-hmm. in this podca- podcast on life and death um, was that I sat there for like three hours, just been, as I refer to as the receiving rock, mm-hmm. right? That I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to say anything here. Yeah. It's just that I don't feel like anyone has been this person for him. Yeah. And so he just, he's, he's crying and he's talking about all the things that they thought they could have done, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not sure why I dived into this, but your main question was about the processing of the death. Yeah. Jordan and I, 
uh, and we were like a three together when Roy was at the army. Joy, Jordan's much younger than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 19, he was 16. So he was about three years older. Mm-hmm. But we were like, a, we were a trio. We'll go out together. We'll meet girls together. We we'll, would have these extreme deep talks together. Mm-hmm. And so Jordan was, if not as close on a forgetting about time frame, but it was just as close heart wise with Matt as well. Yeah. And we were the only two dry eyes in the house at the funeral. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So you, like you, you feel like you're, I don't know, you weren't able to tap into that, like your ego had protected you from really feeling the fullness of it or you just, not at all. No, it's just that we had already come to full harmony with it and that we had let go of ownership of Matt. Yeah. Well before, yeah. well before anyone else had and of course this is not a reflection on anyone at that funeral mm-hmm. um i know roy still struggles with it to, to this day yeah and that's his journey and i've never been the person to say to try and force someone into that mm-hmm. growth but after matt's passing away like i had my time in the shower mm-hmm. um to let the tears out and to feel the pain of it all and to fully let that come to be mm-hmm. i remember it was actually at this table when I sat down and told my mom and my brother that Matt's, Matt's gone. And, uh, you know, I spent the rest of the night on my own and just, mm-hmm. you know, in tears. Yeah. But then Jordan and I got together, I think it was a couple of days later, and we went down to the beach. And we just had time on our own. Mm. Just to, and this is going to sound, for those that are extremely pragmatic, and, you know, I have my time with the universe. Mm. And whatever that, that is to you, whether that's God to you, whether that's Buddha, whether that's, some divine creation of whatever you want to label it as. Yep. To me, it's the way of things. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple of things I want to touch on that you mentioned within all that was, you know, firstly holding space for his dad. And I think one of the most healing things that we can do when we're going through grief or any sort of um, like pain in our life is to hold space for people and not to necessarily give them advice, but to be that unconditional love and to have someone witness you in your process. It goes a long way into healing that part of yourself um so i just want to acknowledge you for you know you didn't have to sit there for three hours but you you did and that that's that's powerful man and thank you just what you touched on in the end there having your time with the universe and being out in nature at the beach you know like nature is so healing and i know whenever i'm struggling with something i'll go to nature and you know like if you allow yourself nature will hold you like you'd be like, hey, I'm feeling this. Can you take this from me? Like nature, it's like that's nature's here for that if you allow it to be. So you know, I I really resonated with what you said with the um, feel that going to the beach and having your time with the universe. And to anyone that's struggling with something, some sort of grief or some sort of um, pain in their life, go out into nature, sit in the stillness, and just allow whatever it is that wants to come through to come through. Allow you to experience the fullness of it. And know, know that nature can hold it. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just disconnect from, uh, disconnect to reconnect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Beautiful. So we're, we're in that, I have that time and I walk along the beach and I, and I just, I just I'm just going to describe my thought process. I'm talking mm-hmm. to Matt. I'm looking up at the clouds and I remember it's, it's warm, but it, it's cla- there's big clouds around and it's a swirling wind and I'm just speaking to him. Mm-hmm. And even though I had never met the man I'm about to talk about before. Um, do you know who Wayne Dyer is? Mm-hmm. I'd never met him before, but uh, he, I always saw him as a mentor mm-hmm. and because his book was the catalyst for me changing my life. Mm-hmm. And the title of that book is Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Yep. It's my introduction to the Tao. Uh-huh. 
I've spoken about this a, a million times and I've got many yeah. people who shout and say, Adam, I've read the book because that's great. And so Wayne was like a, a father figure to me in that way. And when he passed away, I did the same thing and, you know, just look up in the clouds and just talk of him, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Anyway, so I had that time to come to fruition and it's something that I learned from the Dow, something that I learned from Wayne in that we don't own anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't own anyone. And that I always saw Matt as me and myself as Matt. And so that when it came time for the funeral, I'd done this work. Mm. I'd done this work and so were Jordan. And we were the only dry eyes in the house. And of course, not reflecting on anyone else, but when we're walking around at the end of the, the speeches and whatnot, you walk around the casket and you drop petals, rose petals. That's the way yep. they decide to do it. And as I'm walking around, it's like I can't not smile. Mm. I'm walking around his casket and I can't not smile. And then I'm remembering, I'm looking at this going, that this isn't Matt. Mm, no. This wasn't who Matt was. No. It's, it's a great, amazing, what's the word? Ornament, uh, representation, right? It's a representation of what he was to us. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful in that sense. But I'll never mistake that the, uh, the ashes is what Matt was. Mm-hmm. And I'm mistake that. So that's why when I say that we were the only dry eyes was that we had already come to the understanding with the processing of Matt's passing away. Yeah. We don't own him. And that I was talking with Leash last week because I asked her about death mm-hmm. and she's lost people in her life. Well, she, people have moved on in her life and she always felt that, that they lived on with inside of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think what that brings up in me is like, just the the realization that everything that we're experiencing today is transitory. Like Mm. your friendship with Matt, transitory, the the time you spent together, beautiful. And like everything, this too shall pass. So just not being attached to, not being attached to how you think things should be because all we ever have really is the present moment. So that time that you got to spend with his beautiful soul, how, how, what a gift, what an absolute gift. Yeah. The, that entire paragraph, like you just said, is literally my my exact mm-hmm. thought process, especially like word for word. Mm-hmm. And we've never even talked about this before. No. But everything you just said then, this too shall pass. I know there are several people listening to his podcast right now that just smiled because mm-hmm. it's something that I say all the fucking yeah. time because it's, it's so true. It's that, actually, I want to try this. There's a quote that I recently heard. I'm going to try and, I'm going to paraphrase this, but I'm, but just feel this. Give me, give me a raw response to this. Last week, for Leash, a quote popped into my mind and I wrote down on a piece of paper what it was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her just to, to process that silently. But I'm going to try and do this uh, from memory here and not write this one out. Yeah. <clears throat> All things in this world are transient. And if you can view things that appear as never having appeared, then you will realize your true self. Think about that. Mm. What does that mean to you? The first thought that pops into my head is just thinking about my quote-unquote history and realizing that all that is right now is just a story in my head. And it isn't real because all that's real is this moment right now. I'm just experiencing a different frame of reality right now. Mm. And... Yeah, it's true. Like everything is transient. We can't hold on to a moment. We can't clutch it. Mm. And 
you know, back bringing back to the presence that you experienced earlier on with that Indian guy in the van mm-hmm. that was giving you candy. <laughs> like Chief Street. Yeah, just like how present can you be in all this all these transient moments? How much how much of yourself can you bring to each moment? Now that I, uh, I'm proud of myself for a second here, just because I think that was the exact quote, mm-hmm. but it's by a Zen master, Korean Zen master, known as uh, Sung Sun, mm-hmm. and it's from his book Dropping Ashes on the Buddha, uh, translated by Stephen Mitchell, and I worked on that for several days, which is why I, the memory was there, mm. because especially in the part of if you view all things that appear as never having appeared. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to just... It's kind of like as well, like thinking about that a little bit deeper, it's like every moment you're born anew and so much of this moment is um, is the residue of yesterday. So, you know, when we... If, they, if it didn't appear, who am I in this moment? Who do I choose to be? Mm-hmm. A choice. Uh-huh. It's a choice. That's it. It's a choice. Getting real philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, love it. This is what I, this is what I mean is that things yeah. need to things need to get organic, mm-hmm. but uh, sorry, things need to get deep organically. Mm-hmm. And this this is uh, this is perfect. The space we set the container, and uh, I didn't know we we're going to have this conversation today. I don't know. No, and I wouldn't want to know either. No, I wouldn't want to know because then it's like, what kind of wrapping paper would that be to come in here and say, well, I want to. I want to get to the deep we're shit. Gonna, we're going to hit these points, this, yeah. this, and this, and we're going to we're going to prop this, and then we're going to close. Like, fuck, nah, fuck, fuck that, that. noise. Like, <laughs> this is not Channel Seven News. Get nah. out of here. Yeah, that's what the potter is. That there's uh there's something I know this because we, we've gone down so many different tangents, mm-hmm. but it's still something that's parked in my mind because I still remember where all this. It's probably the matcha, mm-hmm. um, Japanese organic. Um, while my brain's still there with it was that I wanted to talk about, because this, this all stemmed from the polarity of you and the polarity of Michelle. Mm-hmm. And you discussed briefly what you felt like her and her best, her and her worst is. Mm-hmm. And you were taking some time to think about what that visually could look like. Mm-hmm. If that does pop up, feel free to shout it out. It's, yeah. it's not so important. But yeah. if, if it came up, did it? Mm, not really. That's fine. We just, we had about 28 hundred conversations since then hundred percent yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if it does but it, it does if it does it doesn't uh-huh. matter but uh to finish with the processing of the death because i want to tag back to the single michelle it you said this too shall pass mm. i remember that being something that it, that's like uh obviously the Tao is something that's translated mm-hmm but in Wayne's translation, it's something that pops up a lot. Mm. And to just, just to have that and hold that with everything. Mm-hmm. And this too shall fast. It's yeah. all changing. Yep. And uh, I guess if you want to tie that in with Michelle, it's like... Yes. Yeah. Yes, please do. Like I said, like when she came to Australia, like it was something that we had anticipated. We were really looking forward to it. And I knew that the whole month was going to go like that. Yep. She's not here anymore. And whether for people that are in relationships or not, whether you guys break up or one person dies before you break up, it's going to pass. And just realizing we can't predict the future, but we can live in the present and live with intention. Hmm. And that's, that's kind of where my mind's been at. Like I can't try and control how she's going to feel towards me in six months time. And I don't know how I'm going to feel, but I can live with the intention and the intent 
that I want to continue to um, experience the deepening of this relationship. Mm. And the reason why I got excited when you mentioned that is because you guys had such a connection together. You found, Mm -hmm. you recognize something in her that just lit your soul on fire Mm -hmm. to the point where you alter your traveling plans so that you guys can meet up together in foreign countries. And then she's going to put a photo of her on Instagram. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big, that's a huge deal. I know. Especially from for G here. (laughs) (laughs) That sends our signals, right? Mm -hmm. People know what's up now. So there's that, like there's, there's, there's an investment of energy. That's mm-hmm. coming in with this now. So it's, it's more than just you're uh, heading down to Reds on Saturday night and uh, finding old Chantel. It was, it was my six-year anniversary of going to Red Square just this weekend. Go on. I'm not even kidding because I've got it book stamped. <laughs> There's so many questions. Why? Why? Why is that? Dude, I, I know it because I made a, a whole song about it. Like A part of my self-expression is comedy. Mm. Is uh, making music and I uh, made a whole song about not stepping foot into Red Square. Really? Yeah. Was there a deeper meaning to it? Or was it just just wanted to make people laugh and yeah, okay. I like playing in that yeah, fair enough. comical aspect of myself. For those who don't know, Reds is a uh, is a classic uh, classic nightclub down here in Adelaide, mm-hmm. which uh, beautiful establishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful in many ways. Uh-huh. And uh, how we got onto Reds. Anyways, the the energy that you guys are receiving mm. from each other, and so it's uh, it's yeah. Well, that's why because I said it's not just like meeting Chantel mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday night at Reds, and mm-hmm. then you take her home, and then you don't see her again for the rest of your life. This is mm-hmm. not what's going on here. This is a connection, a joining of two spirits in this world that yeah. are recognizing each other. And so, along with this, you mentioned a bunch of things that can start to crop up: potential needy mentalities, potential attachment mentalities, mm-hmm. which of course will only drive the feminine energy away. And so you've already mentioned some safeguarding you were starting to do with that, which is incredible that you've already, that you, I feel like you were ahead of that, mm-hmm. but you were ready for that. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Just setting, setting the context of like, Hey, like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know what's going to happen, but right now, like this is all transient, but we get to experience right now and bring our full selves and be fully present with, with each other. And like, really just like, we called this experience, each other into our lives for a reason so you know we, we get to really um celebrate that mm. Mm. so describe the leaving moment for me <laughs> you know we can talk about not being attached all we want but mm-hmm. for me um i'm a expressive dude so i i woke up she was leaving on monday and i woke up sunday and it was the first time i had really allowed myself to feel into the energetic of what that moment's going to be like the next day. Mm. And I was just laying in bed cuddling her and like a little tear starts to go down my face. And I, it wasn't like an insecure tear, like, oh, like I need you because without you, then I'm not complete. It mm. wasn't that at all. It was just like, wow, like everything that I wanted to experience this year, particularly in the relationship realm, came to fruition. Like, I, like I, she, these were the times that I had prayed for and like wanted for myself and just realizing that and realizing that tomorrow she's gone and it is all transient and you know allowing myself to feel that emotion without judgment um allowing myself to really feel the depths of those tears when she was like leaving at the airport and knowing that that's my process like if we try to stuff down our, our emotions it needs an outlet 
and like I'm if if it's coming up it's coming up for a reason and I just allowed myself to experience and be in it mm. as was she mm. that's, that's hugely important right? feeling how you feel now mm. and not worrying about how you need to feel yeah. in oh, five minutes in ten minutes yeah she actually said, like, oh, don't cry. I'm like, no, I'm just going to allow these tears to be be right here where they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no sense in fighting what is. Mm-mm. If it is, it is. Mm. And so what were you feeling on her end? While this is going, how do you feel like she was processing this? It's interesting because another one, one of my best friends, he's in, have you ever done that um, personality test? The the Briggs Myers one, Myers. The, it's like a really long one. It's an I, he's an INTJ and she's an, also an INTJ. So oh. the, um, it's, she finds it more difficult to tap into her emotional experience and to express it. Mm. So, um, I, I could tell that she was feeling everything that I was feeling. It just wasn't being expressed the way that I was expressing it. Right. Um, and did you help her with that? I, I kind of, I knew that where she was at in her process and, like I was the space for it. And I think um, she's also, her parents are like Russian. So um, I think there's a, a bit of a narrative around what's what emotions are okay to feel. Right. Especially in public. Right. So, you know, she would have had a, her grieving time. The closed doors of you. Yeah. There were, there were a few moments. There were a few moments where she let herself really go to that place, but it doesn't come as naturally to her. Right. And it's not up to me to judge her. I'm like, well, I'm upset. Why are you not upset? Oh, of course. Why are you in the masculine? Why am I in my feminine right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you mentioned a couple of things here um, that are now starting to paint even more of a picture. Because, of course, I haven't met her. But with Russian influence, right, uh, particularly Russian women, uh, play very heavily into their masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Because they have to. They're hard people. Mm-hmm. been through hard times. Mm-hmm. And that's the culture. Does she have... Do you... Is there a bit of that you think going there culturally? Um, I think so. Like her, like her family heritage is from Russia, and mm. they grew up in Kazakhstan, and she's grown up in Germany. Right. So I think I think the way I experience her is like she's never really had permission to fully experience her emotions. So then, mm. obviously, if you haven't had permission growing up, um, it's not just going to come as naturally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much, especially in those formative years, mm-hmm. right? Like when you dream of all, if you could think of your, your broad scope of the dreams you've had that you at least could remember something of, how often do people from either primary or high school pop up into those dreams? Mm. Are we talking about like nighttime dreaming or like dreaming about the future? Yeah, like nighttime dreams, like nighttime when you wake dreams. up in the morning. Um, yeah. Not often. Really? Mm. Do you have any recurring themes? There are there are people that will pop up in my consciousness mm. um, when I'm dreaming, and then I will know that there's there's normally something to clear, or there's still like an energetic attached that we haven't resolved. Mm. Um, yeah, but okay. not not many, no, no many, not not too many loose ends from primary school at this point. All right. Oh, well, the reason why I was going on that is yeah. because I was really just speaking on formative conditioning mm-hmm. and that. Uh, with people that I work with, especially with myself as well, um, in dreams, particularly reoccurring characters, mm-hmm. being people from your formative years, whether that is from high school, or primary school, whether that's uh, brothers or sisters, and you know, maybe that moved in and out of your life early on, 
but that there were like lessons that happened in those moments and they just stay with you for life. Mm-hmm. Um, conditioning is a huge thing. Mm. And it, it drags me back to um, it propped up things from the work you're doing with the man cave and how a guy or a girl, specifically guy, I guess, in this situation, a guy who's in that positioning, who's just laden with his conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it really came from was that with your girl in this moment, she's not going to be able to just turn that dime in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to take some time. That's it. And she's not someone that's been in like this work. So it would be to have that expectation that she can be fully expressed is like, who am I to put that on someone? Mm. And I am someone that's in this work that is deep, deep, integrating my emotions, learning about the masculine and feminine, feminine dynamics and embodying it. So mm. yeah, it's everyone's where they're at in their journey and it's all perfect. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. I absolutely love that. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there was anything else burdening on my mind, because you, what you just said there, I've like, I have to reiterate, we have not been in the same room with each other for, uh, same space, yeah. Yeah, for a long time. Not like this anyway. Mm-hmm. Bunch of turret on the street. But there's so much that you're saying that I resonate with on such a deep level and some of my uh, hardcores mm-hmm. will be thinking that it's almost like these two are uh, uh, photocopies, like at least mm-hmm. in some of the mindsets, it's like photocopies. Yeah, I like reading because we haven't spent that much time together, but you know those people that you follow on Instagram, you read their captions mm. and you can tell we're, we're on that same wavelength, same like like same way of thinking Mm. and like back to the dream thing like you would be someone that would pop up in my dreams because you're in my consciousness a lot more than someone from way back in the day and the people that you know the people that I want to be forming connections with or relationships with going forward Mm. are normally the people that are showing up in my dreams right yeah well that's the content that I'm consuming yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so actually that's a great that's a great segue then into What's the goal? What's the what's the mission now? What's the uh, where is your and take this as loosely as you want. This mm-hmm. is not the uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Yes, unless you do have been working on House that. House on the hill. House yeah. on the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, share that. But uh, I spoke about this with Ben. Uh, shout out to Benjamin Button. If you listen to this, you should be. Uh, <laughs> I talked to him about how this is not necessarily just for men. Like this way of thinking. In fact, it's just a life thing, right? Mm-hmm. That um, it's just a way that I've often kind of just to organize my thoughts and concept around this world that, you know, we have short-term goals. Mm-hmm. Like you want to come, want to get you on the potter. So that's, that's yeah. going to happen. Yep. But then you've got things that you see for C in six months, for C maybe if, when you're 30 or 35, but then lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are certain questions that I like to ask everyone and there's a whole bunch of them, but I feel like it's, uh, pertinent now mm-hmm. to ask you about what's lifetime goals when the thing that comes to my mind when you first mentioned like lifetime goals and where do I like what's most important to me yeah is I think the greatest gift that we can give to the world is to be our most fully expressed version authentic version of ourselves so whatever that manifests as whether that's like more videos of like dancing and sharing inspirational messages because one thing I've learned with art is like it'll when you share information through art, it'll transcend the logical mind and it will land deeper. So for me, um, I want to be creating more art. I want to uh, really being on this journey for maybe five years now. Like I'm, I'm in a place where I can help 
other people that are just at the start of their journey, give them perspective so that they can come to their own realizations about themselves. Mm. And knowing that like, like we're here to just evolve and grow as humans and to, you know, realize, I don't know if you would have heard, listened to much Aubrey Marcus, but like realize the kingdom is here now, like heaven is here now and um, removing the blocks and beliefs that we have about ourselves and lives that are in the way of realizing that because it's all here right now. Perfect. Yeah. The moment is perfect. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where, that's the high note. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's nothing more after that. How long have we been jamming for? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's like I often just... I want time to, doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no idea. The, but I just sense that organic moment where mm. uh, that's it. That's where this conversation has reached its its peak. Mm. And that if you're someone listening to this, you know, I'm talking about, look at when I phrase that question, I don't set any pre-context. I, don't, I try not to. I do as little set up for it so that people can just take it where it is so we can really just see where people are at. If you listen to the way G just spoke about lifetime, when I say lifetime goals, and I encourage all of you guys to be thinking about, yeah, what was my instinctual visualization idea about what would I like to have achieved by the time that my time's up here? If you look at the way you just went with that, you you looked at how much value you can give to others, how you can embrace yourself to be as expressive as possible realizing yourself as much as you can enjoying the kingdom as you spoke mm-hmm. of heaven in this moment right now and it's, it's it's no surprise it's no surprise that with the lifetime question that that answer came mm. out because if you go back and rewind over the last however long we've been talking for that's all that you could have felt mm. from you and that's the straight up authenticity yeah i break down congruency and authenticity and this is just my way of breaking it down because I have three principles in life that I have been, uh, it's been like a current theme throughout the last three, four years of this channel What I teach to all my guys and girls, direct, congruent, authentic. And these are just three principles that we as human beings need to live by uh, in all respects in terms of building our temples in this world. And that's all I feel from you, right? And you even mentioned that several times in your masculine energy, stepping into your directiveness, being direct. <clears throat> With the congruency, congruency to me, is an external measure of, well, whatever I feel that I want to do, right? I'm going to do that out in this world. And it's how you relate to the world outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And of course, these are just my ways of uh, expressing them because yeah. they're all just words. And authenticity is an internal measure, right? Of that, well, if I feel this within me, right? I'm going to allow that to be within me. And whatever I feel is right, I'm going to do what's right for me. And obviously, we'll get that for others as well. But it's an internal measure. And everything that I just heard from you then is that there's not a single moment of incongruency or inauthenticity on external external or internal measure from you. Mm-hmm. I could have been like, yo, I want the house. I want this banging wife. Mm. I want to be a millionaire. But you know, like, that's all great. It's, it's okay to want those things if that's where you're at. But, you know, I'm, I don't know. I think what, like, I don't fully know my mission on this planet yet, but what I'm up to is much more deeper than that. And, um, receive all that you just um said about me so thank you for that absolutely man like that it's just it's no with the inquisitive and curious mind that i have it's that there's just no surprise and that it would have it would have it would have been 
a complete mind fuck if you had said, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm looking to, I'm looking to get this mansion in the Hollywood Hills right now." You know, uh-huh. it wouldn't yeah. have made sense. Yeah, wouldn't have made sense. And it's just such a such an honor. It's such a beautiful thing to have someone like you come in here and share everything that you've shared, mm-hmm. shared who you are in such an unadulterated unfiltered the most unfiltered that i've ever seen from you i know we've only spent this is the second time we spent Mm -hmm. together but i know that it's unfiltered because i know what filtered is for you Mm -hmm. because i felt filtering and the struggle Mm -hmm. from you last time yeah and it it wasn't like uh so much to the point because some people was it's to the point where i actually can't be in the same space with them like i need you to go do work yeah because it's going to affect me too much yeah i'm not going to be able to do my best but like it wasn't that bad, yeah. but I could still feel that yeah, there, was, there was resistance. There was sieving. Uh-huh. There was filtering going on in what you were trying to put out. This time though, yeah. I felt vulnerable enough to cry in front of you. Mm. Right? And then there were legitimate tears coming out. There's no way I could have done that with someone who I didn't feel like mm. was, who had taken off that lens, taken mm. off that filter. That's, that's been the work, man. Just taking off mask after mask after mask. And um, I want to take a second to really acknowledge you and um, thank you for allowing me to come onto your podcast and really share more of who I am. Um, and I want to acknowledge you for the way you show up in the world and how you serve all the men that come into your field and women. Um, you know, it's the way I perceive you. It's from such a selfless, selfless place. And you're really about giving, giving back to others. And I think that shines through in all your content. And yeah, there's like, the ripples that you're making in the world you you will never see the end of your giving like just want you to know that i really appreciate that man thank you so much if there wasn't a table here we'd be hugging we'd be hugging (laughs) we can play footsies (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh that's beautiful man thank you thank Thank you very much appreciate it dude so what i'd love to do now is just for you to remind people where they can dive in deeper in your universe how they can connect deeper and of course if you don't remember links exactly, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll drop all that below. Yeah, for sure. So you guys can uh, follow me on Instagram at Glyn Cash Money, G-L-Y-N Cash Money. Yes, that is my last name. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, it's just Glyn Money. And then if, you wanna, if you're a guy and you want to be part of these really conscious conversations, the pack, A Brotherhood for Life on Facebook is the group. And uh, we're having these discussions all the time. And it's a space where men can really dive deep and uh be seen and i think it's so important that we all allow ourselves to be seen and then we help continuing to help raise each other up so you know so yeah and yeah and don't worry it's all it's all it's all going to be linked up if you didn't catch all that but definitely hit him up on the gram because his gram is a spicy <laughs> spicy gram appreciate that dude okay guys so, so we're gonna wrap this up much peace and much joy yeah. Okay, my friends, thank you very much for diving in with both Glenn and I. It was a uh, something I'll never forget. Something I'll never forget sharing that space with Glenn. I'm sure we'll get it many times over. As I said within the episode many times, links to where you can find all of his stuff, all the things he's involved in, will be in the show notes, will be in the YouTube description. And I'd really love your feedback. I'd love to know how you resonated with our conversation today, whether that's you hit me up, on the website, boldoja.com, which, of course, this podcast is brought to you by, where you guys can pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, boot camps, et cetera, et cetera, all there, boldoja.com. You can just send me emails there as well. Or whether it's on the gram, at uitang1, slide me a DM. Let me know how this made you feel. If it conjured up any thoughts for you on YouTube, drop a comment, drop a like as well. I'd appreciate that. Let's me know if you guys are enjoying this stuff. 
And yeah, I just thank you so much for being on the journey with us all. And I wish you the best in your life. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.